and I think it demonstrates um, that what it means to be a Christian, it it changes. It changes as we change. It changes depending on where we live and the communities that we're a part of. Um, but we're rooted in this this way of Jesus. Um, I came across a, a, a website this week called ChristianForums.com. Has anyone heard of this website? <laughs> yes. So, so I was thinking of what it means to be a Christian. I came across some interesting groups of people on ChristianForums.com. All right. So uh, number one, Julie, um, so this, this group of people is, uh, so they have forum topics. Just how many Muslims won political office in 2018? The numbers may surprise you. Um, there's lots of this kind of stuff. All right, number two, this is my favorite, all right. Christian preppers, Christian doomsday preppers have gathered online to support one another. Um, their, their mission statement is this, the purpose of the Christian preppers is to inform and encourage other believers to consider prepping. Prepping is the act of preparing for catastrophic events, wars, terrorist attacks, natural disasters, earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, extended drought, tribulations, biblical or non-biblical. The hope is that in real life, Christian believers would then share efforts and work towards building local communities of Christian preppers who will help each other, help the needy in, in, in the event that trouble comes. Okay, so that, that's just lovely. So um, obviously... Obviously, we know that, um, like Bob said, what it means to be a Christian uh, really varies depending on who you ask, right? So what we're going to do this morning through, uh, through our lectionary text is um, look at this story as a way of kind of trying to figure out, okay, what does it mean to be a Christian, or what does it mean to consider yourself uh, someone who follows in the way of Jesus, who finds this way of living uh, compelling? So our lectionary text this morning is John 2, 1 through 11. It's, it's in, the, in the bulletin if you want to read along, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. When the wine ran out, Jesus' mother said to him, they don't have any wine. Jesus replied, woman, what does that have to do with me? My time hasn't come yet. His mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby, there were six stone water jars used for the Jewish cleansing ritual. Each one had about 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some from them and take it to the head waiter. They did. The head waiter tasted the water that had become wine. He didn't know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The head waiter called the groom and said, everyone serves the good wine first. They bring out the second rate wine only when the guests are drinking freely. You kept the good wine until now. This was the first miraculous sign that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. He revealed his glory, and the disciples believed in him. The word of the Lord. So this morning, I want to consider today uh, Jesus and Mary, even though Mary, if you notice, is never, her name's never mentioned in the Gospel of John, uh, as, I want to consider them as religious and cultural reformers. Through this story, religious and cultural uh, reformers. So the parable opens up, on the third day. And scholars really uh, disagree on what this really could mean on the third day. But basically, a good way to think of it is uh, it's a signifier for a significant event. So when we see on the third day, um, it means something significant is about to happen. 
Uh, the text is located at this wedding in Cana of Galilee. Um, and the, when the w- wedding runs out of wine, it's Mary that urges Jesus to help. So in the first century, servants at a wedding like this, they could have probably been one of two things. They could have either been hired for the occasion um, or they could have been a, a slave of the household. Uh, and therefore, in either scenario, their job or potentially their life is on the line if the party runs out of water. They could lose their, or, or out of wine. They could lose their job. So the entire narrative, I think, is, is really, uh, you know, catalyzed by Mary's care and concern for the vulnerable and uh, the poor. Christianity has a deep concern and care for those that are poor, vulnerable, oppressed, for them to be liberated and freed. In our story, it's about Mary and Jesus saving people's jobs and potentially their lives. Jesus then calls his mom woman, which I don't recommend anyone doing. (laughs) Mom, if you're listening to this, I love you. But if we read this as an allegorical story where this story represents a deeper truth than simply what is happening in the event, uh, we should realize here that perhaps the author is pointing to Mary as woman, woman with a capital W, representing women. Mary as a, a second Eve, woman. Mary represents the feminine, the complete image of God, which both in culture and religious religion has been dominated by males for thousands of years. It is woman, it is Jesus's mother who leads Jesus into his ministry. It is a sign of joy and liberation. Jesus's mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Basically, my son will obey me. This text, right? Can I get an amen from the moms? Yeah, all right. Um, This text demonstrates um, the early Christian movement um, that the communities were uh, desiring women to lead. Uh, The Gospel of John, as a textual note, is the first gospel written for particularly a Christian community. All, it was the last gospel written of uh, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, but is the first written to a particularly Christian group, a, a distinct group of people that would have understood themselves as uh, forming a new way of being. Uh, this was written probably in the mid to late 90s of the first century, and most people think it was written in Ephesus. So if we think about that, this new Christian community is trying to figure out what, what does it mean to live in the way of Jesus? What does it mean to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus, that is distinctly something different than our religious roots in Judaism? The story continues. Actually, uh, I want to back up. I want to say Christianity requires the leadership and voice of women in order for God and life's fullness to be experienced. Christianity requires the leadership and voice of women in order for God and life's fullness to be experienced. Our story continues. 
Nearby, there were six stone jars used for Jewish cleansing rituals, each able to hold about 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them to the brim. And he told them, now draw some and take it to the head waiter. And they did. The head waiter tasted the water and had become wine. Now, to, to note what is going on here, to, to show how over the top that this act of turning water into wine is, um, these cleansing jars, they hold 20 to 30 gallons. So basically that means the amount of water he turns into wine is somewhere between 600 and 900 bottles of wine, all right? No one needs 900 bottles of wine at a wedding. I mean, we might want it, but no one needs 900 bottles of wine. So it's an over-the-top example of what Jesus's life and ministry and his love for people would be about, right? It's not literally about um, 900 bottles of wine or whether or not it was 900 or 600. It is about the overabundance of love that Jesus um, uh, characterizes with his life. Uh, I also think that this points, because he's filling these uh, Jewish uh, cleansing jars, right? Um, and I think this for, for us and for the, for the early Christians trying to figure out what it means to be a Christian, um, it might mean something like this. Christianity is not about purification. It's not about rituals. It's not about morals or being a good person so that you could please God or please your community. It is about a life lived to the brim with peace, joy, and love. When our communal faith does not offer the world hope for housing or food, dignity, jobs, or the ability to live a full life um, based on no merit whatsoever, then we need to fill those jars with something else. That religion, just for religion's sake, that cleansing or purification, rituals, morals, whatever it may be, whatever that holding place is, if it's not serving people's full dignity in life, then we need to fill the jars with something else. Christianity is about systemic change. If our systems, whether they be religious or cultural, if they are failing people, harming people, we must fill the jars with something better and something life-giving. Our text continues. He didn't know where the wine came from, this is the head servant, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The head waiter called the groom and said, everyone serves the good wine first, and then they bring out the second-rate wine when the guests are drinking freely, a.k.a. drunk. You keep the good wine until now. This was the first miraculous sign Jesus did. So the head waiter, he wrongly attributes, right, who, who did this, right? He, he wrongly he think, thinks it's the groom, you know, saving the good stuff for the last. Um, but this saving act for the servants whose jobs were on the line, uh, Christianity, the way of Jesus, however we want to call this, the way of life and community, um, its goal is not uh, attribution. It's not religious or cultural or political credit. Um, oftentimes we live, whether it's in our job or our families or just you know, in life, we want, uh, we want credit. We want people to know what we're doing. Um, we often love the publicity for our good deeds, whether they're religious, political, or otherwise. But here, the way of Jesus, this abundance of grace and love with the joy of wine, Mary and Jesus and the disciples are simply among the party goers. They're simply at the party. Christianity, or living in the way of Jesus, saves the best wine for last. It does not ration according to our traditions, customs, or worries, but it gives freely to the party of everybody without any attribution. 
The universe, the community of humanity in this early Christian text is symbolized by a wedding, a party. People drinking freely, sorry Baptists, we are called to live and give freely of ourselves and our lives to God and to other people. When we are culturally inundated with messages of uh, saving or storing up stuff for retirement or ensuring our futures, or we spend a lot of time worrying about our security or our health or our future, the way of Jesus calls us to the party now. And that's a very different way of being. The kingdom of God is pure joy in the moment. With close friends, good family, great food, and even better drinks. As Jesus later says in the gospel, he has come so that people can live life to the fullest. Christianity is about living life to the fullest. Irenaeus uh, in the second century said, the glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God is man fully alive. The end of our text said that Jesus revealed his glory, but he simply asked the servants to fill the jars with water and then disappeared back into the party. This morning, may we find our faith informed by the deep truths of this story. May we live in the way of Jesus that calls us, like Mary, to care and work for the liberation of all people. May we be led and guided by the wisdom of women to the fullness of what it means to be human. May we not focus on moral categories for others, but be transformed by our commitment to peace and love. May we be willing to throw away our conventions, our traditions, and throw out systems that do not benefit and represent all people. May we live in this moment. May we save the best wine for last because we live in a grace and abundance of God and not in the scarcity of consumerism or capitalism. May we be willing to give freely because we, were le we, are, led by uh, we are led by love of people and our love for life and our love for the party more than we love to receive credit. And may we live as if the glory of God is all of us together, fully alive. Let's pray. Loving God, may, we re may you reorient our hearts and our minds to see life as a party, to see our life together, in our entire lifespan, in this whole universal story of what it means to be human as a celebration, not as something to be feared, but something to be enjoyed, that all people deserve good wine and good food and good friends and good home to, to live in. May this story resonate deep down on what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be human, what it means to be a person working out this life of faith and doubt and questioning and back to faith. We love you. We love this community. We're very grateful for, um, for these stories that have been passed down um, from our ancestors to us that we might... Um, we might love deeper and live freer. In Jesus' name, amen.